Welcome to Five Books for Catholics, where an expert selects and explains five outstanding books in some aspect of Catholic life, doctrine, or culture. One of the most celebrated passages in St. Paul's epistles regards the regulation of the various charisms and manifestations of the Spirit that characterize the Church of Corinth. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. St. Paul insists that these charisms exist to build up Christ's body, the Church, and should be exercised to this end alone. The charisms that he lists include faith, the utterance of wisdom, the utterance of knowledge, the gift of healing, the working of miracles, prophecy, the discernment of spirits, speaking in tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. In the subsequent centuries, many of these manifestations of the Spirit have become less common, if not rare. However, during the 20th century, they've become a central feature of some Christian communities, first within Protestant Pentecostalism, and since the 1960s in the Catholic Charismatic Renewal Movement. Thanks to the Catholic Charismatic Renewal, many have converted and grown in the practice of the faith. Pope Paul VI and his successors have recognised its authenticity, while also taking measures and issuing guidelines to safeguard the Catholic identity of charismatic communities. In this interview, Dr. Alan Schreck explains the Catholic Charismatic Renewal. Dr. Alan Schreck has been a professor of theology at Franciscan University of Steubenville since 1978. He specialises in church history and renewal. He has authored numerous books, including several on the Holy Spirit and the Catholic Charismatic Renewal Movement. These include Your Life in the Holy Spirit, published by Word Among Us Press, The Gift, Discovering the Holy Spirit in Catholic Tradition, published by Paraclete Press, and A Mighty Current of Grace, the story of the Catholic Charismatic Renewal. Dr. Schreck, thank you for joining us and welcome. Thank you very much for having me, Father. Most Catholics know of the the Charismatic Renewal Movement, but many may not have an exact idea of what it is. How would you define it? Well, it it's uh, a movement. Father Pope Francis calls it a mighty current of grace. It was, as you described, um, in the 1960s in the Catholic Church, many Catholics began to experience, uh, first of all, a tremendous outpouring of grace that was often led them into a, a, a much personal relationship with Christ. We talk about that phrase, but in what was called baptism in the Holy Spirit, which is not a sacrament, but just an outpouring of of the grace of the Holy Spirit, which led people into a real experiential relationship with God in Jesus Christ through the power of the Spirit. And that's really at the heart of it. And as you mentioned, along with that, uh, there was an experience of among people of these various charisms that were listed by St. Paul, as you mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12 and elsewhere in Romans, Ephesians, uh, that those things that seem to be just things of the past or things for the saints were became something that became alive and active uh, among those who experienced this grace of baptism in the spirit. And so from there, uh, so to define the Catholic Charismatic Renewal, it, it was basically uh, an outpouring of the grace of the Holy Spirit 
that leads people into a, a deep personal relationship with God and Jesus and the Father, and which is a primary work of the Spirit to lead us to Jesus and to the Father. And along with that, uh, a, 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 a life in the Spirit, which would include uh, these charisms that were meant, as St. Paul said, for building up the church. So charismatic groups emerged in which people would exercise these various charisms uh, according to the guidelines of the church and discernment of pastors, but to use these things to, um, to basically uh, build the church according to these gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, the Catholic charismatic renewal movement has critics within the church. Some criticize it for fomenting a spirituality centered not on the Eucharist and the liturgy, but on subjective emotive experience. Others rule it out on account of cessationism, the theological doctrine that this extraordinary spiritual gifts mentioned in the New Testament were granted only during the apostolic age. What's your reply to these criticisms? Uh, good questions. Uh, first of all, regarding cessationism, um, it, I'm a church historian, and throughout the history of the church, as charismatic, that in which people had powerful experiences of the grace and power of the Spirit in their lives and the exercise of the charisms. Uh, for example, I teach at Franciscan University. If you read like St. Bonaventure's biography of St. Francis of Assisi, um, he's Bonaventure talks about his graces of prophecy, of healing, of, uh, of, of a deep experiential prayer. Um, many of these care, uh, powerful preaching and of uh, the word, proclamation of the gospel. So I would say this, to the cessationists, there's never been a period of the church where there haven't been some uh, manifestations of the charisms and the power of the spirit for deeper conversion. Uh, especially in the lives of the saints, but not limited to them. So I, I think the cessationist ar argument would not, in, would, would not be based on a careful study of the many powerful spiritual movements. They didn't all look identical to the present-day Catholic charismatic renewal, but they were marked by the same powerful, uh, deeper uh, relationship with God, conversion experiences, and with the manifestation of many of the same charisms that St. Paul lists. Regarding the, the, the idea that uh, the Catholic charismatic renewal would, would not be centered so much on the Eucharist or on the sacramental life or the liturgical life of the church, all I can say is I, I point to the evidence of, of, um, the, of those who have been involved in Catholic charismatic renewal the vast majority, I'm sure there are some people who, there are always excesses in any spiritual renewal movement in the history of the church. So yeah, there have been some abuses and extremes, which <clears throat> generally have been corrected. But the vast majority of those who have entered into this uh, baptism of the spirit and, and the charismatic renewal in the Catholic church, the evidence is that it has deepened their devotion to the Lord in the Eucharist, in the liturgical life of the church. Um, it's People will testify that these, these things that before had perhaps for them personally become just, were just sort of rituals, they really saw them now as what they are, as you know, powerful channels of grace. And so 
I, in my, my experience in this renewal movement for 50 plus years, I, I mean, the vast majority of people I've met personally and that I've read about will, will say, I've become a, a more appreciative of the traditions of the Catholic Church. Um, very, and even we can say there have been very few, if uh, just a very limited number of groups that have broken from the Catholic Church uh, because of this movement. I mean, uh, and, and you can, it's, it's very hard to find groups of charismatics who have split from the Catholic Church because of charismatic renewal. So I just don't think the evidence bears out. And, and I, the, as to the charge of emotionalism, well, I, I mean, yes, that, that people do experience this as, as something touching their emotional lives. But I think my response is, you know, we are body, soul, and spirit, and the emotions are part of our of our makeup. Uh, I I sort of uh, joke when I went to the University of Notre Dame as an undergrad, and you can have people uh, uh, shouting, fifty thousand people in the stadium shouting and being very emotional about football. And when we had early charismatic conferences at the Notre Dame Stadium, it, we thought, wasn't it wonderful that we have people who are, are here to gather to, to worship and praise God with not only their minds, but with their hearts and with their emotions. So to me, this movement is very holistic. It's not separated from the intellect or from the will, but it just, um, it, it's just part of our being that uh, giving glory to God is something that will involve the emotions. Obviously, emotionalism, where the mind and the intellect and the will are neglected is is an abuse. It's incorrect. But uh, I think that there is a healthy form of experience of God that that is, again, we see even in the lives of many of the saints. So those would be my responses. Now, there are many Catholics who accept the Catholic charismatic renewal movement, uh, beginning with the popes, but are just not attracted to it. It is not their cup of tea. Is the Catholic charismatic renewal a spirituality that's suited to some rather than others? Or is there no clear-cut distinction between ordinary and extraordinary manifestations of the Spirit? Well, I, I do believe that, that the Catholic charismatic renewal does exhibit a particular spirituality um, that that so so that I don't think it's necessary for people to, you know, say I say, oh, I must belong to this movement to be open to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is given at baptism and confirmation. So uh, it certainly would be incorrect to say that everyone who, in order to live a full life in the Spirit, must be identified with this spirituality or with this movement. But on the other hand, a lot um, we call this. The, we, the title we use is Catholic Charismatic Renewal. And I think that the, the thing that is for the whole church is that uh, this movement is a testimony that those gifts of the Holy Spirit that St. Paul lists are not just for the early church or for particular saints, but that as St. Paul says in 1 Corinthians uh, 12, 7, he says, to each is given a manifestation of the spirit, a charism for the common good. So 
I, I do think this there's an element of this that is for the whole church, that every Christian, every Catholic is given particular spiritual gifts because the church is spiritual by nature. The church, therefore, is charismatic by nature. It's just as the church is sacramental and Marian and pro-life, the church is charismatic. And I think the Second Vatican Council and the teaching of the su succeeding popes have tried to emphasize that charisms are not just for a movement. They're gifts of God that are given for the building up of the church for everyone. And, and those sometimes people make this distinction between extraordinary and ordinary charisms. And I think there's a certain validity to this, that um, you know, there are some gifts such as healing or prophecy that uh, would, would not be something that everyone would have those particular gifts. But there are other gifts that are more ordinary, like even I would argue the possibility of praying in the spirit, praying in tongues, is something that is not limited. And the experience of the Catholic Charismatic Renewal is for those who want to yield to this gift of prayer, um, it's a very commonly given gift. It's not just a few people will pray in tongues. In fact, most people in the renewal have received that as a prayer gift. But I would say that um, we, we should not, as even as St. Paul warns, that we should earnestly desire the higher gifts but that every charism is important for the building up of the body of Christ. So if someone's gift is a gift of service or administration, or um, you know, sometimes grace builds on nature, sometimes people have natural gifts, but the Holy Spirit can sort of anoint those to, to, to truly be spiritual ministries, such as you know, service gifts. So yeah, there's such a wide variety of charisms, I think, the, the message of this movement is, no, you don't have to be have this spirituality. You don't have to be identified with this movement. But every Catholic does have particular gifts of the spirit that are for the building up of the church, as St. Paul taught. And I think part of the God's purpose in the movement is to make us more aware of the sort of the universality of the charisms. And, and this was basically the teaching of St. John Paul II, if you look at his homily on Pentecost 1998, he had a meeting with all the ecclesial movements in the world he invited to celebrate Pentecost. And he said, just open yourself to the gifts of the Holy Spirit, that all of these are given for the church. And this gathering of all these different movements, not just charismatic renewal, but all the movements in the church are a sign of the powerful outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So no, this this movement, you don't have to be part of this, but I think the message of the movement is uh, to be open to the working of the Holy Spirit in one's life, to be open and seek to recognize the particular charisms that each one is given for the building up of the church. Now, for the first book on your list, you focused on a history of the Catholic charismatic renewal movement. Uh, and you've picked your own A Mighty Current of Grace. Can you tell us something about this book? Um, this was a book that um, was written uh, just before the 50th anniversary, the Golden Jubilee of Catholic Charismatic Renewal. It was published in 2017. And I was asked to write this book uh, uh, by Word Among Us Press to be a, sort of an overview of the history of the charismatic renewal. 
Um, I focus more on the renewal in its origins in the United States, but also acknowledge that this is a worldwide movement. So I, I try to, to, even though it would be a vast uh, monumental work to try to trace the particular history of this grace of renewal in the whole world, because it has involved over 120 million Catholics, which is about 12%, and it's estimated sometimes even higher. Many people throughout the world have been touched by this. So in my history, I talk begin with the emergence of this in the Catholic Church, giving a little background into uh, the broader Pentecostal movement. Um, in the book, I, I try also to try to um, look at some major um, themes that have arisen. For example, um, I talk about how prayer groups and charismatic communities uh, emerged very early. Uh, so there was a social manifestation of this, charismatic prayer groups and communities. So I talk about the emergence and growth of these different social manifestations uh, of the charismatic renewal. I talk about, um, I, I do address the church's discernment of the renewal, and especially I talk about how different popes, beginning with Paul the St. Paul VI, and going through how each of them have, um, each of the popes up to the present, up to Pope Francis, have given pastoral guidance, but mainly encouragement and blessing on this as a movement. Uh, but I, I do I do talk in this, even though it's a history of the renewal, I do talk about some of the main elements, such as baptism in the spirit and what it is. So someone could, in reading this history, get a, somewhat of a general introduction, but I do talk about the growth of the movement from 1967 up to, up to well, up to uh, the date of publication. And also different international groups that have emerged from this, uh, uh, networks of, of covenant communities, um, international service organizations that have grown up. Um, and most recently, Pope Francis has established an international group called Caris which is sort of his um, instrument. He wants to be sort of an international organization of service to this movement. So my history gives this overview from the beginnings up to the present. Thank you for listening. To read or listen to the rest of this interview and gain full access to our archive, visit fivebooksforcatholics.com and become a premium subscriber. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast and give it a top rating on the platform of your choice. That way more people can discover it. You can also support the podcast and help us produce more interviews like this one by making a one-off donation via the link given in the show notes. As little as one dollar, one pound or one Europe can help and will be greatly appreciated. Thank you once again and God bless.